Well, good morning, good early morning, right? I was talking with uh, Greg Hilbert before service, and we were saying, doesn't it feel weird to be here early? But it's really not all that early compared to the rest of the week, right? We're just not used to being here early on Sunday. But I'm so glad for those of you who did come to join us. We're going to have us a fun day today. Mr. Bill, I've got a little reverb on this mic. It is number eight, I believe. All right. Sounds like I'm talking into one of those old Britney Spears uh, microphones, right, with the, with, with the spring inside of it. Well, today we are going to be uh, talking about the body of Christ. I figured since we're having our annual church picnic, it, it is a fellowship type of Sunday. I wanted to talk to you all a little bit today about what it means to be the body of Christ. Now, before we get into, get into that, I just want to ask real quick, what is the worst injury that you've ever received? If we went around the room and we polled everybody, I'm sure we'd find a lot of different examples of, of ways that we hurt ourselves. Maybe it was because we were doing something dumb and, and we paid the price for it, or it could have been something that wasn't your fault. It was just, you know, I was involved in a, in a car accident or whatever. But if we think back to it, we can all think of a time where we were injured. For me, my worst injury came in high school at the hands of some of my knucklehead friends. Um, it was uh, after uh, band practice one day, and we were in the school parking lot, and my friend had just gotten his driver's license, and so he was showing off, squealing around in the parking lot, that sort of thing. And uh, I went over to talk to him, hanging out the window, and, uh, and he started to take off real quick. And when he did, my friend that was in the passenger seat reached out and grabbed me by the arm. And when that happened, it pulled me off my feet, and they ran up and over my leg just like it was a speed bump. It broke several of the bones in my lower leg and my foot and uh, tore up my ACL on my knee. And to this day, sometimes my kneecap will just decide it would rather be on the side of my knee than the front. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we, we all have those injuries where, uh, you know, it, it, it made a big difference in our life. Now, you might say, uh, if you're talking about the body of Christ, why are you talking about pain? Well, because when something happens to your body, maybe you tweak a, a muscle or you sprain a toe or you get a splinter, it's amazing how just such a small thing can make a big difference in how you're able to live your life. So whatever your experience with pain may be, um, whether it's a, it's a toothache that, that just drove you nuts and you had to get in to see the doctor that day, uh, whether or not you just got blisters on your toes uh, it, that just ruined your whole vacation, we've all had an instance where pain hurts us. Now, when we're talking about the body of Christ, um, that, that is an important uh, concept for us because when we're the body of Christ together, you know, Scripture talks about this uh, many different times. In fact, throughout the New Testament, this is one of the analogies that is used over and over again is that we are the body of Christ. Well, because we're the body, that means we're connected. And so what affects one affects all, and we're going to look at that a little more today. If you have your Bibles and you'd like to follow along with us, uh, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4, and if you've got one of those fancy electronic Bibles and you want to switch over, we're going to be in the CSB, uh, and uh, we'll also have it on the screens there for you. But we're going to read through this text and look and see what it has to say about being the body of Christ. All right, we're in chapter 4, starting with verse 1, and we're going to go down through 16. It says, Therefore I, the prisoner in the Lord urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness with patience 
bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I love this verse here. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. For it says, when he ascended on high, he took the captives captive, and he gave gifts to the people. But what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth? The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens to fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into Him who is the head, Christ. From Him the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. All right, now that was a long passage, and I thank you for hanging there with me, but I wanted to point out a couple different things through this. But before we get uh, too much further into it, Richard Foster says this about the church. He says, The church is not an institution forced upon the world, but a community of believers who live and serve together as the visible expression of God's love. So here we have this scripture that's telling us what it means to be the body. When we're the body, we're all connected. Um, in fact, we used to sing a song about that when I was a kid, about how the knee bone was connected to the thigh bone, connected to the hip bone, right? And we can, we can go through it all, and we could probably look around this room, and we could say, well, I think I know what his, he is. You know, you might look over at your husband, and you always liked his big, strong arms, and you say, hey, hubby, you're, you're an arm, right? And you might look at somebody else and say, well, you're something not so nice as that, Right? But we are all parts of God's body. And here's the important part to understand. That because we belong to this body, because we, we are a part of the Spirit Life Church family, we're all connected. And that means that here at Spirit Life Church, everyone matters. There's not a single one of us that's more important than the others. There's not a single one of us that uh, has more to offer than others. Yes, we have different gifts, we have different talents, we have abilities, but there's not a single one of us where we could say, well, we don't really need him here, let's vote them out. We don't, we don't want them to come anymore. But here's the truth. We're all part of this body, and by becoming a part of this body, by choosing to attend here, join here, serve here, be a part of everything here, your life is now intertangled and entwined, intertwined and entangled with everybody else that's here. And so let's think about what that means to say that we're the body of Christ. Well, if we're the body, that means we have to stay connected. And what do we need to stay connected to? Well, first, we need to stay connected to the head. Who's the head of the body? It's Jesus Christ. You can lose an arm, you could lose a leg, but if you lose your head, you're in trouble, right? And, uh, and the head helps us 
to understand what's going on around us. It takes in all of the information that's coming in. It, it takes all those, uh, the, the info that's coming from your five senses. It processes it, and it tells us what do we need to do. It directs your body where it needs to go. And the head, so, so the head is very important. It, it, it shows us where we're going. But here's the other important thing that Christ does for us. He is the standard by which we're measured. That's what it says in verse... Um, well, here we go. I'm looking right here. Verse 13. It says, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. So we measure ourselves against Christ. How do we know that we're a part of the body and that we're doing well? Well, when we look at, our, at, at Christ and we see ourselves reflected there. And, and so that is what we're trying to do. We have to stay connected to the head. But here's the second thing. You don't just stay connected to the head, all right? Um, the church is a body. You know, it, it says that um, at the end of, of time, and pastor's been talking about the rapture, it says that Christ is going to return for his bride. It doesn't say he's returning for his brides, plural, right? And we, in America, we think of th- uh, things individually. We think of our salvation as individual. I'm in a good place with God because I'm saved, so I'm okay, But it's not just about your connection to God. It's about all of us as a body coming together and how much we are pursuing God and chasing after the things and doing the things that he's called us to do. So if we're going to be a part of a body, that means we have to stay connected to the head. We also have to stay connected to each other. We can look at our body and we could say, okay, I've got my my ring finger over here, but my ring finger is not connected directly to my head, is it? It's connected to my hand, and my hand's connected to my arm, and my arm's connected to my shoulder all the way up until you get to the head. And so that's why it's important to maintain your connection not only to the head, but also to the other parts that are around you. We have to stay connected to each other. So what does it mean to be a body? What are the features that tell us that we are a good, healthy body and we're doing the things that we're supposed to be doing? Well, number one, the body of Christ has a principle called mutuality, right? What affects one of us affects all of us. We're to encourage each other, to build one another up. It talks in this passage that we read about the different gifts that have been given to to the different believers. And what that means is that uh, God has put into this body some people who can preach and teach. He's put some people in here who can sing. He's put some people here who, who are gifted and with creative things. He, he, we all have different things to offer. And so if we're not connecting and we're not using our talents to serve the body, then the body is lacking in some area. You know, in our body, we can tell when we're not feeling well the way we're supposed to. We can tell when something's not working the way it's supposed to be. Just earlier this week, um, Miss uh, Amy Rosenberger, she was telling me about how uh, she and John were at home and, and he started to notice something felt off. And he said, you know, hey, uh, you know, do, do, do I look kind of yellow? You know, is there something going on? Because he'd been having some issues with his liver as part of all of this. And, and he realized by, by looking at himself that something wasn't quite right. Well, what did he do? He went to the doctor, and the doctor was able to chase down the problem. They did a quick little procedure, and it went well. So we can praise the Lord for that. But because something wasn't operating properly, it affected his entire body. And it's the same way. When something is wrong with one of the members of our body, it affects the entire flow of this church. 
So that's why we have to be careful to make sure that we are engaging with each other, keeping each other on the right foot. It says we're supposed to encourage one another. I don't know about you, but there have been many times in my life where I needed encouragement, and I got it from my, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I got it from, you know, there, there have been Sundays when I walked in that door, and I didn't feel like worshiping. You know, I wasn't in that kind of mood. But I got around some other people who were lifting God's name on high, and very quickly I got caught up into it. And by the time I left, man, I had turned around. There have been times when I needed some help where there were things that were just beyond me, but God sent a, a brother or sister in Christ who, who was able to give me advice or, or to show me some resources or, or help me in some way. So we encourage and we build each other up. We bear each other's burdens. When somebody's hurting, we pray alongside of them. We hurt with them. You know, in, in this church over the last uh, 13 years now, uh, there are people in here who I've sat with you during some of your greatest days, We've celebrated with you as your children were born and raised and graduated from high school. And I've sat next to some of you as you cried and grieved over the losses uh, of life. That's what we do. We live together. And, and uh, we share each other's burdens. We forgive and we restore one another. You know, how many of you in here are perfect? I'm not. <laughs> we, got, we got one person that needs to repent at least. All right. But, but we're not perfect. And here's the thing. When we mess up, our church body is here to say, you know what? It's okay. God forgives you. We forgive you. Come back. Let's get right. Let's do better next time. That's the, those are the types of things that we do for each other. The loss of one body part can drastically affect the quality of your life and, how, and your ability to function. And so when someone falls away from the body, when someone removes themselves from the body, it hurts every single one of us. It's because of this principle of mutuality. Is there anybody in this room who's useless? No. Don't look at your spouse, all right? Don't, don't go elbowing each other. Here's the thing. Even in our body, there's parts of our body. There's, there's organs that we have where, you know, traditionally they thought, well, there's no purpose for that. One might be the appendix, right? I've had my appendix removed, and I still seem to live okay. And yet, scientists have discovered that the appendix isn't as useless as we thought. It does serve a purpose. It helps us with the regulation of our gut bacteria and those things that help us to, to, to digest our food and, and to absorb the nutrients. And so, you know, when you don't have that item or that, that, that organ in your body, your body doesn't function as well as it did prior. And it's the same way. If someone removes themselves from the body of Christ or if somebody's not functioning properly, somebody's hurting, somebody's infected, someone's in pain, it affects the entire body. So that is this idea of mutuality. The second thing that we understand about the body is that there is diversity in the body. As we look around this room, I can see a lot of different demographic groups made up, right? We have men and women we have young people and old people and those of us stuck in the middle somewhere. I'm going to firmly claim that. I'm not old yet, no matter how many white hairs I have in my beard. Um, but we have, we have men, women, young, old. We have tall and short. We have fat and skinny. And I'll let you to, to just sort yourselves into all of these categories yourselves. I'm not going to get myself in trouble. But here's the point. We have diversity in the body. And what does that do? That increases um, the, the richness and the variety in the body. We get different perspectives. 
One of my favorite parts about being part of Spirit Life Church is our Wednesday night Bible studies when we're able to talk and, and to read the Word and discuss it together and to get different perspectives you know, because you have had different life experiences than I have had, and, and I've had different life experiences than you have had, and, and I've studied Scripture in this way, and you've studied it in that way, and we all bring something different to the table. There is diversity, and yet there's not division. You know, Pastor and I were talking uh, just yesterday about, about the state of this church and about the, the nature of our church. And we were talking about how, you know, you hear so many horror stories from pastors about churches that are in, they're divided and they're fighting and they're, they're, they're at each other's throats about everything. And that is one of the things that we've never really had to deal with here. People here just love each other. We're just happy to be here. I'm just glad to be a blessing. You know, and so we are very fortunate to have not only a diverse congregation, but one that is not divided. And that is such an important part of being the body. For as it says in verses 4 and uh, four through 6, there's one body and one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. You know, all the things that make us different from each other, there's that one thing that overrides everything else. We have one faith. One baptism, one Lord, and because of that, we can be united into one body. Another mark of the body of Christ is that it is marked by genuine fellowship. What do you mean by genuine fellowship? Well, does that mean I'm just friendly with everybody? It can mean that, but it's more than just social interrelatedness. There's a lot of people who, because of our circumstances in life, we could say, you know, I'm, I'm in the same circle as them. Oh, yeah, our, our kids go to the same school together. Or I used to work with his brother. Or they used to live down the street from us. That's, that's just social interrelatedness. That just means you, you run in the same circles. But going to a church is supposed to be something more than that. It's a deeper relationship. It's not a surface-level relationship. And as much as I love coming in before service and I walk around and I, I shake everybody's hands and I give them a good grin and I hope my breath doesn't stink too bad from my coffee, you know, those sorts of relationships are nice. It's good to be friendly with one another, but we're called to something deeper. We're supposed to know each other. We're supposed to understand each other. We're supposed to know. It's like... You might know your coworker. You might know that they like to listen to a certain radio station. You might know that they like to, to heat up stinky leftovers on Wednesday afternoon. You, you know different things about your, your coworkers in those ways, but you don't really know who they are in a deep and meaningful way like you might know someone in your family. Right? Uh, when, when they call you in and, 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 and you interact with your family, you know exactly who they are. You, you know their preferences. You know their tendencies. Sometimes you can walk in the house and just look around and know, hey, so-and-so's been here, right? Because there's the shoes by the door or the backpack in the corner or whatever. You know when someone that you love has been there because you know who they are. You see them. You understand them. And that's what we're called to do here. There should be true intimate feeling and understanding between the members of the body of Christ. It should not just be a surface level relationship. Another mark of the body is that we should have empathy. We share experiences. I talked earlier about being there when, when new, new uh, babies are born and, and being there when we're saying goodbye to loved ones. We, we share those experiences together and we feel the pain together. We, that's part of the reason that we, 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 we come together and we pray. You know, one of the reasons that we pray together is because it helps us feel like, listen, I'm not in this alone. 
We say, I'm going to join with my brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're going to shake the, 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 the pillars of heaven if we have to, because this is something important. And, guess, and just like the video said earlier today, the things that are important to you are important to the one who loves you. They're important to God, too. And, so, and they're important to your body. They're important to the people that you are, are in life together with. The Anglican Bishop Desmond Tutu said this, The church is a community that shares not only in the joys and celebrations of life, but also in the struggles and sorrows reflecting the compassionate heart of Christ. And uh, if uh, Justin, if you go ahead and make your way up here, we're getting down towards the end. But here's the point. I just wanted to meditate for a few minutes on what it meant to be the body of Christ. Because here at Spirit Life Church, we're all connected, and that means that everyone matters. There are times when we can feel unseen. I have talked to people who, who they come to church, and, and then they, 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 they were here, and then they left, and they didn't interact with anybody, and they don't feel connected. Well, why is that? When you come to church, you have to make a, an effort to connect. You know, uh, I'm not fussing if you come in late because I understand how hard it is to get to church on time sometimes. I under understand how hard it is to get anywhere on time sometimes. But if you don't, if, if you show up right when, when service starts and you leave as soon as it's over, how are you going to get connected to the body? How are you going to uh, establish those friendships, those relationships where you know each other and you live your lives together and you experience life together? We're all connected, and everyone matters. So to stay connected, you have to work at it. We've all experienced a close relationship that over time has faded. Maybe someone who you were very close friends with when you were in school, and because you took a lot of classes together and you got along well, you were very close to that person. But as soon as you graduated and you moved on, that relationship faded. And even though you might still think fondly of them and you still might have a, a, a fond place in your heart for that person, you're not close to them like you used to be. Why? Because you're not living your life alongside them anymore. Some of us have those work co-workers and, and, and our friends at work where we were very close as long as we were punching in and punching out together. You spend a lot of time with your co-workers, sometimes as much or more as you do with your family. And so you can have very close relationships there. But once, you, once one of you goes to a new job, that relationship fades. So when a relationship is important, you have to make an effort to maintain it and an effort to nurture it. When I was in college, um, as freshmen, we, we were all hanging out in the dorms, you know, between classes and after classes. We lived in the dorm together. We were all very close to each other. But then as we moved into our sophomore and our junior year, we started moving to off-campus housing, and we started getting jobs to, you know, to help pay the tuition, and we started doing different things. And, and those people that I'd been close to that, that first year of school started fading a little bit. So, and, and especially once a few of us started getting girlfriends, and then it was like, okay, now, now all your social time's taken up. So we decided we were going to make a, a, a plan. We, we decided Friday is guy day. And every Friday we were going to try to go and have lunch somewhere. It was our version of the Biscuit Boys. We were the Biscuit Boys before the Biscuit Boys existed. But we would go down, we'd find a barbecue spot or a Mexican restaurant, and we'd go in there and we'd, we'd have a good time. No girlfriends allowed. And if somebody missed, man, we were giving them a hard time about it too. We would remind them, hey, we were, we were here before she was. Get on down here. Friday is guy day. 
there's other things that we do to nurture relationships. If you're married, perhaps you have a, a weekly or a monthly date night. You know, if you're in a family, you, you celebrate your, your Christmases and your Thanksgivings and your, your birthdays and anniversaries. You have these traditions and things that you do to maintain your relationships. Some of you might go to family reunions every year or every other year. And here in the church, what do we do? We have us an annual picnic. We go out to the park and we have us a good time. And you might say, well, that's not very spiritual at all. But let me tell you something. If we're going to be a body, we have to do things to connect to one another. And so that's why it is important to nurture those relationships. The death of many a friendship started with this phrase right here. Let's hang out sometime. Right? When you say, let's hang out sometime... It ain't going to happen unless one of you says, well, what are you doing next week? And you make some concrete plans and you say, this is what I'm going to do. Unless you do that, that friendship ain't going to survive. And it's not that you don't like each other anymore. It's not that you don't matter to each other. It's just that you've not chosen to invest in that relationship. And so we have to do that. The cure then to the let's hang out sometime is to be intentional. You make an effort. You say, okay, when is the next time that you're free and you and I can get together? Let's go have lunch on Thursday. Let's go grab some coffee. Let's go out to the golf course together. And you might say, that is, that's not spiritual at all, but it is. That's how we stay connected to one another. That's how we pull together. So the cure to the let's hang out sometime is to be intentional so here we're going to make it practical today. I'm going to give you a challenge this week. I want you to find one person in this body of Christ who you can deepen your connection to them this week and make it happen. And if you can't think of somebody that you want to deepen your connection to, pray about it. Because guess what? There's people in this church that they need a little more connection. There's people in, the in this church that they feel a little lonely or they feel a little looked over or unseen. So pray about it and God will direct you to someone who needs to be connected to. And I want you to make it practical. Why do we do this? Well, because it's good to talk about the body of Christ. It's good to understand that we're all connected to each other. But James warns us, to, to also be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. So when we hear that as a body, we need to make an effort to stay connected to one another, we've got to do it. Here's the other reason that you need to connect to somebody, because you matter. I said here at Spirit Life Church, everyone matters. That includes you. Yes, even you. You matter. And you have something to offer to this church. You might say, well, well I'm not a singer. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I'm not a greeter at the door or I don't serve in the children's ministry or, or whatever, but, but you do have gifts. You do have something that you bring to this body. And if you're not connecting with other people, serving them and giving them an opportunity to serve you back, then, then you're robbing yourself and you're robbing them as well. You matter. And here's the second thing. That other person that you're going to connect to, they matter too. They have something to offer. They have wisdom and experience. They have resources. They have, uh, they have uh, life experiences that they can share with you. They have stories. They have a testimony that can encourage you. Reach out and connect with somebody. And then the third reason that we want to do this is because there's a reason that you and that person that you're going to connect with this week 
there's a reason that you both ended up here at Spirit Life Church in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm not even from Louisville. I mean, I've been here long enough. I think I'm officially adopted, right? But I'm, I'm not even from here. But God directed my steps, and, and over time, he brought me to this place to stand in this house of God to worship alongside all of you. So there's a reason that we're all here. That's why it's important that we, we connect to somebody. So that is my challenge for you this week. Find one person to deepen your connection. You might say, well, what does that look like? Do I, do I have to go drink coffee? What if I don't like coffee? Do I have to go play golf? What if I don't like golf? It can look however you want it to look. It can be a phone call. But I'm going to encourage you, do something more than just the drive-by. Do something more than just the walk by and shake your hand and pat you on the back and say, hey, it's good to see you. I'll see you next week. Do more than just clicking like on their Facebook post. Do something to connect in a real and meaningful way. And do it with somebody that you might not know. You know, it's easy to fall into the, 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 the trap of, of just hanging out with the same people over and over again and saying, listen, these are my buddies. I know them. Open the circle. Now, that is one thing I'm very grateful for in this church. We're not clicky. There's not factions. There's not any of that sort of thing. But it's easy to say, well, I talk to these 10 people because they sit around me in the church. Well, guess what? You got legs. You can walk over to the other side of the church and meet another new 10 people. So we want to connect to somebody, even if it's not normal and it's not our normal thing. All right. I think that's my, uh, my finishing bell, isn't it? He says he's ready for a picnic in the park. Listen, if everybody will stand up today, what we're going to do is we are one body, and what I want to do is I want to pray with and for each other. So this is going to make you, you're going to have to scoot out of your seat a little bit. I know we all have our spots where we like to sit, but I'd like everybody to grab hands with the person next to you. And if the person next to you is across the aisle, well, you're just going to have to stretch yourself a little bit. All right? You're going to step out of your comfort zone a little bit. We'll get over there. And as we get ready to wrap up, I want to remind you of this. Oz Guinness says this. He says, the church is not a building. The church is not a denomination. The church is the people of God filled with the presence of God following the purposes of God in this world. If, I don't know how to sum it up any better than that. And as we close today, before we go to the park, and we all get out there and we get sweating and get eating our good stuff and enjoying ourselves, I want us to lift each other up and pray for one another. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for my church family. Thank you for this body of Christ that you have brought up. Lord, you raised it up inside this city. You protected it over the years. You provided for it. You nurtured it. You gave us everything we needed. Lord, you've brought these people into my family, my church family. These are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, those that, that we're holding hands with on our right and left, Lord, I pray that you would just give us a heart to connect with one another, to stay attached to one another, to support each other, to encourage one another, to lift each other up and to push ourselves to greater levels of maturity and growth in you. Father, I pray that you would help us to stay connected to, to Christ to, as the head of our church. Lord, he's the authority, and, and everything was made in and through him. Lord, in John chapter 15, he talks about the vine and the branches, Lord. I pray that we would be fruitful branches, Lord, as we are all connected to the vine that is you. Father, I pray that you would just give us a heart to connect. 
Help us to overcome any awkwardness. Help us to overcome any feelings of, well, I don't matter or I don't fit in. Lord, help us to see one another, understand one another, so that we can empathize and feel each other's hurts and pains and joys and sorrows and experience life together, the spirit life together here in Louisville. Father, we thank you for all that you do for us. You have been so, so good to us as we prayed earlier today. And that is our testimony as we leave this morning. Keep us safe as we go to the park and help us to be a light to this city and to enjoy life together as your body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.